So the reading is from John chapter 11 and verses 17 to 44. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth round his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Oh, thank you for reading that, Steve. I, I do hope people can see and hear me, that's, uh, if that's okay. I'm going to um, pray for us and then we're going to have a look at this briefly. Father, we pray uh, as a psalmist to us that you would open our eyes, that we might see wonderful things in you, Lord. 
So we leave our staff this afternoon as we come to this passage. In Jesus' name. Well, let me take you back to um, June 2017 in my life. I was uh, asked, along with some other people, to come help run a prayer space uh, just two days after the Grenfell fire disaster. And I arrived that day, and I was walking down the street towards the church where this prayer space was being held. And I saw a man walking towards me on the street crying. Um, I, I, I stopped and I asked him, um, how can I help? You, know, you seem to be in, in distress. And he said, I can't find my mum. I can't find my sister. I think they're dead. And he just walked off. It was only 9 a.m. in the morning. The reality is we find death disorientating. Whether it's 9 a.m. or 9 p.m., it's always a shock. Whether it's Grenfell or COVID or cancer, it's always a tragedy. In John chapter 11, we see that the Bible does not try to sanitize the reality that we live in. It does not try to hide that from us. A wise person once said to me, Christian ministry is actually very simple. You're just preparing people to face death. Well, there could hardly be a more relevant passage after the kind of year we've had for us to be looking at uh, this afternoon. Let me just help us catch up a bit with how we got where we got to, because we, we began that reading at verse 17. But uh, here's the backstory. Earlier on, if you have a Bible, it'll be, it'll be helpful to have that open in front of you. Uh, earlier on in John chapter 11, we find out in verse 5, this is what John says. Jesus, now Jesus loved Martha and his sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was two more days. I read that and I think, yeah, sure. Makes, makes perfect sense, Jesus. I mean, what? Um, some of us are probably thinking, Lazarus, you need to get yourself a better friend. Because he's, I mean, that's pretty dodgy. He's found out that you're ill and he stays there two more days. But listen to the reason Jesus gives. Listen to what he says. Later on in verse 14, in the passage, it says, uh, it says this. So then he, that's Jesus, told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may be moved. But let us kill to him. I find that deeply uncomfortable. Jesus says, I'm glad, I'm glad that I wasn't there. Jesus reckons that it's far more loving of him to help people believe in him than to give them their best life now. Even if it means allowing Lazarus to die. I mean, it is uncomfortable claims like this that made C.S. Lewis write, if a mere man said the kind of things that Jesus said, he would not be a great moral teacher. He would be on a level with a person who claims to be a poached egg, either this man was and is the son of God or else was a madman or something worse. And so the question is, who is this Jesus claiming that believing in him is far more important than having our best lives now? Well, let's go on a bit further. In, in verse 19, they arrive at the village where they're mourning 
verse 19 says this, and many Jews have come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. The picture is very clear, isn't it? There, there's nothing to be done here, Martha and Mary. Death has had the final word on Lazarus. It's a tragedy, sorry. But Jesus sees things very differently. Have a look at verse 25. Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And Martha's response, verse 27, yes, Lord, she replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of God, who is to come into the world. I actually think we need to take a step back here because I think there's actually a case of selective hearing going on in Martha's response. Uh, women maybe amongst us this afternoon will know this maybe with their husbands. It works like this. So you say to your husband, so you're going to help me with the gardening tomorrow, yeah? And he says, yeah, 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 sure, yeah, 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 of course, of course, course. And tomorrow comes and he walks out and says, I'm off to play golf. Um, don't wait up, see you in the evening. You think, what? It's the same with Martha. She's just heard Jesus's question, but she kind of sidesteps the question. You know, she might get an A star on the whole son of God thing. But as Jeremy Passman used to say, answer the question. You're not answering the question. Martha, Jesus is asking, do you believe I am the resurrection and the life? That I am saying to you that as sure as day follows night, real life follows real death for the one who believes in me. You don't blame Martha for sidestepping the question. I mean, it sounds crazy to our modern ears, doesn't it? I mean, in the Enlightenment, people like Immanuel Kant taught us to separate off such religious ideals from concrete reasoning. Even if there was something beyond death, it is counterproductive to spend our time thinking about it. See, but our skepticism is nothing new. Just have a look much later on in verse 39 when it comes to the tomb. Verse 39, Jesus says, take away the stone. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor for he has been there four days. I mean, Jesus, that's crazy talk. Can't, can't you see that my brother's decomposing? Like us, Martha had a pre-commitment that whatever is not compatible with her reason is not worth disrupting her life for. But here's this Jesus showing up saying, I am the resurrection and the life. It's life or death, whether you take me or leave me. And this is very disruptive news. But it is good news if it's true. Just uh, later on, look at what happens in verse 33 when Jesus sees the scene with all these people mourning. Verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Someone else I did not tell you about who was at Grenfell uh, that day um, was a mum. She, she came into this prayer space inconsolable. She was screaming at the top of her lungs. I watched my five-year-old son burn. 
and the firemen would not let me go in. What, what does Jesus make of such inexplicable suffering, such tragedy? Well, in verse 33, we just read that he is deeply moved. In fact, the Greek that that's translated from means something like anger, indignation. Jesus' heart is angered at the tyranny of death. And verse 35, Jesus wept. So anger and weeping. That's how Jesus feels in the face of our suffering and death. I imagine for some of us here, we might have a loved one who is among the 120,000 or so who died of COVID to death. And we're mourning. It might be that there's others of us here grieving a loss for some other reason. Well, I want to say to you this afternoon, Jesus gets it, okay? He gets it. Gets the anger of feeling robbed. He gets the numbness from crying. Yet it's no use if he just sympathizes. We already have our friends and family doing that. We'll have a look at verse 43. Jesus is at the tomb. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth round his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. The dead man came out. It's a walking oxymoron. Dead men are meant to stay dead. What do you make of this extraordinary sign? Do you remember what Jesus said before, verse 25? I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Oh, do you see now that it was out of love that he let Lazarus die? Jesus cares so much that Martha, that Lazarus, that you and I have the evidence that we need to answer the question, to say yes. In fact, John's gospel ends with John saying that these signs were written down, were recorded so that you and I would believe in Jesus and have the life that is in his name. As we approach Easter, it's not far away now. We remember that Lazarus's resurrection was only a, a trailer, a teaser. You see, Jesus showed that he is the resurrection and the life because he went and died for sins on the cross and then rose to live eternally at the right hand of God. And I know that's a lot to take in on a Tuesday afternoon, but it is wonderful if it's true. See, the evidence for Jesus' resurrection is compelling. Why was the tomb empty? What stopped the Roman guards producing a body? Why did the Apostle Paul appeal to more than 500 who saw him alive? What turned cowardly disciples into confident martyrs? 
sadly, the day will come when people are mourning my death and yours. We can't escape this. It is the reality that the Bible makes clear because of sin, the world is cursed, it's broken, and death is a part of that. But Jesus is saying that death need not be the final word. As to him goes, there is a hope that stands the test of time that lifts my eyes beyond the beckoning grave to see the matchless beauty of a day divine when I behold his face. Do you believe this? Well, that day some did in verse 45. And yet, verse 48, others didn't. Others thought they were too sophisticated for such nonsense. And, and it's no different today. The reality is this, that death will not end when COVID does on 21st of June. Death will not end then. But the historical claim is this, that the man who raised Lazarus from the dead also rose from the dead. And he says to you and I, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. Let me say a prayer first as we come to the place. Father, we thank you so much that um, this broken world of death of suffering, we thank you that Jesus entered into it. He knows it intimately and that he sympathizes but that he's also able to help because he is the resurrection and the life. And so we ask, whether for the millionth time or for the first time, that you would help us to believe in him and so have the hope of life even though we die. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.